0: This concluding message of the series on ministering healing and deliverance, we discuss the call for every local church to be a healing and delivering community to the people around. Every believer is then challenged to go out and minister healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. Be inspired as you listen.
1: And now it's time to make our declarations. If you can rise up and hold your Bibles in your hands. You can say this out loud with me. And believe it, even as you say it, this is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I am a minister of God a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name. Alright, so we've been doing this study on healing and deliverance, and we've been through... um, several portions that dealt with healing in particular and you know we we looked at details of how Jesus did it how the disciples did it and what is the instruction that he's given to us as believers in this day and age? We've also looked at deliverance. What did Jesus do when he found people who were bound with the, with the powers of darkness? How did he go about bringing freedom into the lives of the people who were struggling under oppression and under bondage? We saw uh, the various practical ways in which you and I can step out um, to and reach out to somebody who, who probably is a colleague or a friend, a family member, anybody at all and reach out to them with healing and deliverance. And this morning we're going to look at another very important topic and that is for us, the local church to become a healing and a delivering community. This is chapter 13 and you can just follow along with me. Alright, so it is God's desire and the Bible says it is God's desire to dwell among us Just as much as we desire for God to dwell with us. So, God is longing after this. God is looking for, um, you know, making our praises, our community, his habitation. And this longing of God, you know, just imagine if we as a local community, we can um, uh, make this a habitation of God. What are the things that can happen amidst us? The local church is to become the dwelling place of god every local church every community is to become the dwelling place of god the reason for this simply being the fact that jesus desires it it is god's intention for him to come and dwell among us so doing church with no presence of god without hosting the presence of god would would mean nothing it would mean just null and zilch so what do we as a community need to know about the presence of God dwelling among us? We need to know that we have to make it our central focus. The presence of God when we get together, when we come together, the power and the glory of God dwelling in our midst must become our central focus. Everything we do must emphasize that God is in us our midst. Amen. Everything that we intend to do, every goal and every a vision that we have should bring us back to this place where God can dwell among us. He can continue to dwell among us. And if God begins to dwell among us in such a measure, he inhabits the community of believers, then what will happen? Psalm chapter 132 verses 13 to 18 You can look at this on page 267. It's printed for us. And the scriptures tell us For the Lord has chosen Zion, he has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision, I will satisfy her poor with bread, I will also clothe her priests with salvation. And her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There I will make the horn of David grow. I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon himself his crown shall flourish. So God desires to dwell in Zion. God desires to dwell in Zion. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 23 tells us that the church, a people among whom God dwells or the church, uh, you know, equating that to Zion. Now Zion in scripture is the Mount Zion where David built his city, where the presence of God could come and dwell indefinitely. And the church is the spiritual Zion where God's presence will dwell today in our times so when the presence of God comes to dwell in our midst what happens verse 15 tells us I will abundantly bless her provision I will satisfy her poor with bread so in a community of believers where God's presence dwells it will not be unusual for people's needs to be met sufficiently and even abundantly because in the presence of God there will be provision, there will be blessing, there will be prosperity and we can count on that. Verse 16 tells us, I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will be salvation and all the signs, the results of salvation which is forgiveness, there's wholeness, there's healing, there's victory, there's triumph, and all of this will be found in God's house. And the result, one, um, you know, true result of salvation is the joy that comes out of the freedom, and that will be found in God's house because God's presence dwells, it inhabits the community of believers or the spiritual Zion, which is the local church. Verse 17 tells us, there I will make the horn of David grow. I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. And here God is promising us of two things. He says that the horn of David will grow and he will prepare a lamp for the anointed. Horn referring to strength, referring to dominion referring to authority. And the Lord promises us and says that you will go from strength to strength. You will go from glory to glory. And when we belong to God's house and God's presence dwells and lives with us, we can experience the increasing of our strength. We can experience the moving on to newer levels. And the word also tells us that he will prepare a lamp for His anointed, which means that there will be increasing revelation and increasing understanding which will come by the presence of God. And you and I can experience this when God's presence lives with us. Verse 18 tells us that his enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon himself his crown shall flourish, which means that you and I can walk in victory. He will lead us in triumphant victory in Christ Jesus. Amen. And you and I can experience this because this is our portion. And when the presence of God begins to, to uh, increase in our midst, the power of God, the glory of God, the, the, the victory of God is our portion. And we can all walk in it. And the Bible promises us that God has blessed with everything that we need, need for life and for godliness. Amen. Second Peter 1.3 And so we can tap into the presence of God, the increasing presence of God, and we can access all the blessings that God has for us in his presence. And we as a people, when we begin to praise the Lord, okay, when we begin to praise the Lord, the Bible tells us that he is enthroned. Or he is lifted high because of our praises. Psalm 22:3. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Amen. He is enthroned in the praises of Israel. Again, Israel equating with us, the spiritual Zion. The church, the local church, the community of believers, as we begin to praise the Lord and give Him all the glory and we lift up Jesus who is worthy of all our praises, we will see that He will become the preeminent one, the main person in our gatherings. And our gatherings will be a place where darkness will be dispelled. Amen. The Bible tells us when Jesus was here on the earth, uh, Acts 10, 38, we see that he was anointed by God with power and with the Holy Spirit. And he went about doing good and he went about healing all that were oppressed of the evil one. And God was with him. And we will see the same Jesus in our midst and the works of darkness will just have to flee because he is present, and he's present in an increasing um, capacity in our midst. So as a community, if there are things that we need to be wary about, they would be to give that place of preeminence to who we think is important. It could be someone whose gifts that uh, gifts are um, just you know, praised and adored, to the degree that Jesus loses his place in the local church. Or it could be a, a, a denominational ideology that we want to give importance to and we miss out on the fact that it is Jesus, the King of Kings, the main one whom we must give our glory. Or what about, amen, okay, I agree with you, amen, and social or cultural commonality. Social or cultural commonality. It is possible in the way we do things, in the way you know uh, we, we go about doing things in the local church that we lose the focus, we forget to make the main thing the main thing and we give social and and certain cultural activities the importance and we forget that the one who needs to be lifted up, the one who needs to be glorified, the one who needs to be enthroned is Jesus and he is holy, he is enthroned in the heavens, he needs to be enthroned in our hearts, in our families and in this church community. Amen? Amen. Okay, so when we gather together and God becomes the preeminent one. He becomes the central one. We already said the blessings of God will begin to manifest in, in an incredible measure among us. But what about just a simple getting together? Didn't Jesus promise? Didn't Jesus tell us? Matthew 18, 20, he said for wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So Jesus made it even simpler. He said, if two or three of you are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of you. And when God is in our midst, we can expect the incredible and unexpected things to happen among us. So maybe never, you know, uh, such a such a large gathering of people, maybe never forget the fact that the Jesus who said he will be present when two or three people are gathered, you know, maybe uh, make his presence even more uh, preeminent when so many of us have come together. And the word of God declares that the new wine dwells in a cluster. So as important as it is for us as individuals to chase after God, to bring glory to God, it is even more important for us to come together as a community of believers and and the Bible promises us that there will be a power, there will be anointing and there will be the glory of God which will be revealed when we come together as a community. And so the impact that we can create as a corporate body that has the presence of God is just unimaginable. And Corinthians, you know, Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, just imagine, just imagine if the power of God dwells among you in such a marvelous way that each of you is moving in the gifts of the Spirit. What happens to an unbeliever who walks into your presence, walks into the meeting? And he, um, you know, says this in verse 24. He says, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus, the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so, falling down on his face, he, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Amen. So he will say, God is truly among you. Even as if it is the first time he walks in, he will not be able to miss the power of God. He will not be able to miss the presence of God. And he will know that God is among us. What would happen if every single one of our gatherings, our meetings, become like that? People walk in and all they have to say when they go back is, God is amidst them. God dwells in their midst. Something is happening because of the glory of God. Something is happening because of the presence of God. Something is happening because of the power of God which dwells with them. So as we consider you know, giving ourselves wholly to this power of God among us. We also need to make it a priority. Sometimes uh, it, it may just become second nature to, to do church in a, in a very, um, you know, uh, in a manner that you just give importance to the, the slick presentations or, or technology or, or, or something else which, which is so totally program-oriented. While all of these things are good, what we really need Among us, the first thing we need among us is God's power and God's glory, God's presence. Amen? So when God's presence is there, all of these other things make sense. But if we just have the structure and we do not have the life of God in that gathering, we're missing out on the core or the foundational intent that God had that Jesus had and you know we would be totally missing the point so as a community you know today I, we're just here to encourage us everything we do is beautiful let's just get better at it but let's get even more even better at hosting the presence of God even better at hosting the glory and the power of God in our midst so as we draw people to God's house And we do these wonderful things. Tell you what, if Jesus is at the center of it all, just the way we sang, if Jesus is at the center of it all, people will come. They will throng. There will be no place for, for, you know, there, there will be no place inside the church or outside the church because they will come to meet the Jesus of Bible times who dwells in our midst. Amen. Matthew chapter 4 in the the last in verse 25 we read about the ministry of Jesus and the way people responded, the way people um, you know came to him and it's incredible. Verse 25 it tells us great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis Jerusalem, Judea and beyond the Jordan. So here's the Jesus of Bible times and the Bible tells us that people from various other cities not just the city where Jesus was but the cities around um, you know Jesus's ministry station they came there and the previous verses tell us that they brought along with them those who were demon possessed epileptics, paralytics and what did Jesus do? He healed them. Now I would say that if such a thing happened, if people were carrying their sick and their demon possessed and transporting them to a city where Jesus was in those days, then, you know, it's it's, um, challenging. How would you transport somebody who's sick in the Middle Eastern sun, right? But they did it those days because they knew the power and the anointing that Jesus carried. And wherever this Jesus is, you and I, can be sure that people will come thronging. No matter how difficult it is to get there, people will come not to see anybody else, not to see the way we do our program, not to see how, how our gifts um, and, and our talents are, but to see the Jesus and the power that he carries. And we need to become a people who are careful to allow this Jesus to walk in, into our gatherings and let him stay. And praise God, Hebrews thirteen eight says, this is the Jesus who is the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen? He is the Jesus who is the same yesterday, today and forever. So if he is in our midst today, all kinds of sicknesses, every work of the evil one, Anything at all that has to do with the kingdom of darkness has to bow down and flee because Jesus dwells in our midst. And the same testimony became that of the apostles in the book of Acts. We see that they did not walk in any less power because they learned about this Jesus and they moved in the authority of the name of the same Jesus. And the Bible testifies, Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. we will not read that out for you, but here it's talking about the way Peter walked in an anointing. That was incredible. That was incredible. That even the shadow of Peter, when it was falling on people, they were getting healed. Because he was carrying with him the Jesus who set the captives free. And today, church, as a community, you know, we have a heart to reach out. We have a heart to touch the lives of people. And it's very simple. If you and I can just carry this Jesus, people will just have to come because he is the one who has the answers and he's living on the inside of us. And let's make place For this Jesus. And this is not for some who's who. This is not for those who have arrived. This is not for somebody who's special. But this is for you. This is for me. Walking in the power of God. Experiencing the glory of God. uh, Giving a place to the presence of God. It is something that all of us can experience. Because God has given every single one of us access into the things of his kingdom and the Bible promises us Now, First Corinthians 4.20 says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it is a matter of power. It is a matter of power and every single one of us can experience and walk in kingdom authority and see the fulfillment of his promises. Now, in the book of Acts and the early church, Stephen is one man who inspires me. And I'm sure he, in, he will inspire every single one of us here because Stephen was not one of those deacons or, or some, some um, you know, leaders from before. He was not uh, out there um, you know, and chosen for his gifts or anything like that. But a time arose where in the community of that church, there were widows who needed to be served food. And they couldn't find a good person to do it. And they picked Stephen. And they said, "Okay, Stephen, a man full of faith and power, Acts 6, 8, tells us he was a man full of faith and power. And what was such a man doing? He was serving food to the widows, the Greek-speaking widows, probably because he could speak Greek, Uh, because of his upbringing but that was the duty that Stephen had in the church and what does the Bible say about him in the last portion of uh, verse 8 of chapter 6 the Bible tells us he did great wonders and signs among the people amen so Stephen an ordinary person in the community of believers In the book of Acts, the Bible tells us that he did great signs and wonders. And so it inspires me to say that anybody, anybody in God's house can walk in power that God has given us. Anybody can walk with great wonders and do signs among the people. And it is not just for a select few. So if we can just think of what will happen if every single one of us here, given the influence we have, given, um, you know, the background we have and, and the places that we walk into, if we can just carry the presence of God and move with authority, you know, amazing testimonies will arise from there. So it could be our workplaces where we can carry God's presence and, you know, maybe... Um, um, a solution that some of our colleagues were not able to find, but we were able to find because we tapped into the power of God. Or it could be um, a college where you know you need to do something and you're moving in, in the, de- that the dependence that you have in God and God answers your prayer and you do something incredible and people can testify that this is only because he or she is depending on God. Or what about... Um, you know, just being out there in the shopping malls, just buying vegetables, or just doing the ordinary mundane things of life, and still carrying the presence of God to a point where it can 't be contained, but it just comes out, and people say oh there 's something different about this person there 's something different in what they said there 's something amazing in what they did. or what about schools? you know there 's one story that that uh, I can never forget. And this is the story of a friend of mine and how she came to give her life to the Lord. And um, it's, it's wonderful because she came to know the Lord when, you know, she, you know in school when, when people are punished and the teachers send you out. Okay, some of you know about it. Well, that's good. So um, she was sent out, you know, in, in her lower grades, maybe third class or something like that. And uh, when she was out there, during the punishment, she met another friend who was punished. And, uh, okay, now that's not a good testimony, but I'm just saying the story. Okay. So both of them were there. And uh, this friend of mine was going through a terrible phase because she would have nightmares in the night. Okay. And she would wake up screaming and her parents wouldn't know what to do. And they were not believers in Jesus Christ. But this other girl who was punished that day, she was a believer in the Lord. And as they were standing outside the class, they didn't know what to do. They just started talking. And, um, you know, my friend told her about the problem she was going through. And this other little girl says, oh, that's simple. You know, believe in Jesus. I will pray for you. All your nightmares will go away. Okay. And the little girl prays for my friend. And for the first time, she says, for the first time, I had, you know, I slept Slept like a baby, yes. Uh, you know, as a child she slept well and her parents had no problems and they, when they asked her what happened she said, my classmate prayed for me. And we're talking about primary school children. Now, if they can walk in the power of God, you and I certainly can. And sometimes walking in the power of God is way simpler than we can imagine. So we're just here to encourage every single one of us. It's carrying God wherever we go. It's carrying God wherever we go. And God will make use of us. As a church, you know, we are continuously increasing in the understanding, the revelation, in, in accessing the power and the glory of God one thing that we need to remember if we want to be an instrument used by God and an instrument that manifests the power of God on earth in in an unsurpassing measure is that it is not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy and very few may even take this route of seeking after God and not giving up Till they experience the truth that the scriptures have shown us. And here's, here are a few lines that I would like to read to you from um, evangelist A. Allen. He was a powerful evangelist used in the 1900s. And his ministry is full of uh, testimonies of healing, signs, wonders. An incredible power of God, glory of God being revealed through his work. And this is what he has to say. He says... The disciple should not be above his master. This is on page 272. The disciple should not be above his master, but he shall be like his master. But if we are to be like him in power, we must also be like him in holiness, consecration, meekness and compassion. We must be like him in prayer and fellowship with the Father. We must be like him in faith. We must be like him in fasting and self-denial. If it were possible for the servant to be like him in power without paying the price he paid, then the servant would be above his Lord. And I think he's put it beautifully in a nutshell and said everything that needs to be said. But the point we want to reiterate is that there is a price to pay for hosting God's presence, for going after the glory of God, for going after the presence of God. And you and I can do it in no other way than the way that Jesus did. He was Jesus and he fasted. He was Jesus, yet he prayed all night, woke up early in the morning. He devoted himself to prayer. He devoted himself to fellowship with the Father. And that's Jesus' way. And that's what A.A. Allen is saying. He's saying, we need to walk the path that Jesus walked. And truly, when we make him our corporate desire, his presence will dwell. His glory will dwell among us. And we will be a people who will testify of his splendors and his excellencies. And so... Having known these things, having taken time to understand healing and deliverance, this morning we're just here to get every single one of us on our feet in serving the Lord. And how do we do this? We simply do it by knowing his heart and becoming whatever he wants us to be. Jesus said that he's coming back for a glorious church. Wasn't the church of the Acts glorious enough? It was. I mean, who where do you hear those stories these days? It was a glorious church, but Jesus said that He is coming back for a glorious church, an even more glorious church. So our testimony as a local congregation, as churches of God, need to be similar to that of Acts and maybe even greater. And Jesus said it, didn't he? You shall do greater things than these. Okay? He said, you shall do greater things than these. And so we need to go after this glory and we need to become that glorious church that the Lord Will come back for. And so we believe in equipping every believer into becoming a minister of God. Amen? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, the Bible tells us that the fivefold ministries were given for the equipping of the saints. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. So when believers are equipped, They are built up and then they are also released. The power of God will be seen everywhere they go. The power of God will be seen in anything they touch. And then we will see the glory of God in our midst. And healing and deliverance will be taken to anyone who needs it. Maybe the people who need it are not here right now. But you and I can become the hands of God, the feet of God, just listening to the rhythm of his heart and moving along. And God wants us, God wants us to reach out. Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit. But he has given us the mandate and said, you go, you go into all the earth. You make disciples. And so it is our mandate to just hear God's heartbeat and become his hands and his feet. What if, I'm sure he's seeing it, but, you know, the kind of lives that people live in this city. Jesus walked here on Bangalore City. What would he do? How would he reach out? What are the ways that he would come up with? He wants you to do the same thing. He wants me to do the same thing. He wants us to become his hands and his feet. And as we move out with this desire that God has put in our hearts, be assured, be encouraged because God sends us out assured and confident. John 15, 16, Jesus told his disciples, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. So he's sending us out assured and confident. We are chosen, we are appointed, we are commissioned. By whom? By Christ himself, by Jesus. So every single one of us, me and every single one of you sitting here and anyone hearing the sound of my voice is appointed, chosen, and commissioned. And therefore, we can be confident that when we step out for God, okay? The delegated authority in the name of Jesus is vested in us. And don't be shocked if a prayer gets answered. Amen? Don't be shocked when you pray for someone and they get healed. Don't be shocked if you pray for someone who is demon-possessed and they're set free. It's not because of you. It's not because of me. It's because of the authority in the name of Jesus. Amen? When we use that name... When we use the name of Jesus, there is mighty power and miracles will happen. The sick will be healed and the demon-possessed will be set free. And so when we maybe walk out of here today, I just encourage us, every moment that we get, let's, let's just ask the Lord, God, use me, use me, Lord, show me small ways, big ways. How can I release this power? that you have vested inside me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, how can I see answers to prayer when I pray in the name of Jesus? And God will make a way. God will make a way for every single one of us. It is truly God's heart, amen? It is truly God's heart for us to reach out. Okay, Jesus, when he did his ministry, he said, I'm working because the Father is working all the time. Amen. John 5 17, he said, I'm working because he's not stopped working. And even now, the Bible tells us that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, He's interceding, He's He's you know praying that none perish, but all come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so when God is working 24 past 7, and his heart is beating for the souls of people and the freedom of God to be manifest in the lives of the people, all you and I can do is to just hop in, just be in sync, and we will see that the glory of God will be revealed through us. And this morning, we're not talking of all these things, you know, for, um, for something incredible to happen and for some people to get the name of fame. But we believe, this church, this glorious church, that the Lord Jesus Christ is building is a nameless and a faceless generation. Amen? It's not for the glory of a man, or a denomination, or an organization, or any structure or framework. But the glory is to God, Jesus, who does every miracle, who does every wonder, who brings about every healing and deliverance. And so, maybe by stepping out to do the will of God, we, we we don't get the limelight or we're not in the forefront, but none of these things should matter to us because we need to tell the Lord, Father, I'm ready to be part of this nameless and faceless generation, a sea of people who's willing to step out with courage. Even if my name is never known, but heaven records your name. Heaven sees the power of God released through your life in the small things that are happening every day. Or maybe, you know, they might look at one or two big things and talk about it, but heaven has recorded every single one one of those acts of faith. And that's what you and I should be proud of. That's what you and I should look for. That's what you and I should, should be, you know, just reverberating for. The kingdom of God in our midst. The kingdom of God in our community. And every single one of us can become a part of such a community if we just allow the presence of God to dwell in our midst. And this morning, can I just encourage us to, to respond to God to respond to God as he's called us to become a community of believers. Can we just cry out to God and can we just look to him this morning and say, we want your presence, O oh God. We want an increasing measure of your glory and your power in our midst, O oh God. It wouldn't mean anything if you were not here, Lord. Just respond to whatever the Lord is placing upon our hearts.
0: Jesus at the center of it all Jesus at the center of it all From beginning to the end It will always be It's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the Savior. you. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be. It's all my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all shall confess you, Jesus. 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 Jesus, be the center of this church. Jesus, be the center of this church. Every knee will bow and every tongue Shall confess you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
1: As a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, to display the excellencies of our God. And we pray, O God, that you will touch every life in this place, O God. You will touch every hand, O God, that reaches out in the name of Jesus. You will touch the feet, Lord, that will move in the direction of a need in the name of Jesus. And we pray, God, that the testimonies of healing... Deliverance, signs, wonders, the power and the glory of God will be our portion. And thank you, God, where Jesus is lifted up, people will come. He's the one who has all the answers. Lord, we just want to bless you. We thank you for being the all-sufficient one. Jehovah, El Shaddai, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. Father, even for this morning time in your presence, we thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Everyone said together, Amen. Amen. We just rise for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance on you. And may he give you his shalom, his peace. And may you walk in that peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week ahead. May you experience the power of God in your life.
0: We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.